my heart embraced the will of God, my path aligned with His plan. As children of God, we have been given the ability to both obtain and enjoy wealth. Hi, my name is Tamara Hill, creator of Lift Off Your Finances, and I'm so excited to invite you to join this very special weekly program to learn more about your finances. This is not an investment series, nor are we focused on making you feel bad about any financial decisions that you've made until this point. Instead, we'll talk about how you can maximize what God has already placed in your hands. Hello, welcome back to Lift Off Your Finances. I'm your hostess, Tamara Hill, and today we're going to talk about recession-proof money tips. You know, this is a topic that I didn't originally plan, but I was talking to my father, Daryl in Dallas, who I love so much, and he was asking me how the show was going, and I told him, you know, things are going well. I'm hearing feedback from you all. And he said, are you talking to people about the recession? And I had to pause about that because I said, well, we're not officially in one, though some economists, I guess that's debatable. Some would say that we are. Others would say that we're not. But whatever the case, it made me stop and think, you know, what what are we doing financially to prepare for this, especially if you're afraid? And so my dad said, yeah, you need to talk about that so we can thank Daryl for this uh, (laughs) wonderful topic about recession-proof money tips. And so I'm excited for you to hear about this. Once again, with Lift Off Your Finances, everything we're going to share is based on two foundational components. The first is biblical wisdom. So we're going to have some word in here to help us. And then also those practical tips. And this show will be filled with a lot of practical tips to help you financially as we navigate what many people are calling a recession or a coming recession. And so Let's start, first of all, with the word like we usually do, because that's really where we always want to anchor our conversations. So the first one is one of my favorites. You've heard me share it before, and it's Psalm 37, 19. It says, in times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. And so this is a promise from God that really, no matter what's going on, we can prosper in him. So it spoke in the terms of disaster and famine because, as we've talked about many times on this show, the Bible was set in an agricultural or agrarian society. So everything was based on famine and harvest and sowing and reaping. And you know what? Those are the terms that they use. But honestly, we're still sowing and reaping today. Those principles are embedded in us. Um, If you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for everything. Time for sowing, time for planting, time for harvest. It uses that language, but it just speaks to there's a time for everything in our life. And within the design of God, there comes times of famine. So in modern day language, you could say there's times when we have recession. Many of us have lived through recessions before, depending on your age. I hear my parents talking about the recessions in the 70s and the inflation and the gas spikes. And I'm like, wow. So that's a group of people that has lived through a recession. I was working in banking during the Great Recession when there was a housing crisis. So I have lived through my own experience with a recession. So just think about that, that the thought of a recession, though it sounds really scary, We have experienced this before since the beginning of time. 
If you don't believe me, go to the book of Genesis, <laughs> where there was a famine repeatedly throughout that book. And every time, God had a solution for the people in those chapters of Genesis, just like he has a solution for us, too. So keep that in mind. The second thing I want you to keep in mind as we talk about these recession-proof money tips is from Proverbs 21, verse 5. This is from the New King James Version, and it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Wow, well, they didn't mince any words there, right? <laughs> but essentially, we're focusing on that first half in particular, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. And that's how we want to feel, uh, whether we're headed into a recession or experiencing a recession or set setbacks. If we make good, solid plans and we're diligent with our habits, then we're going to prosper. We're going to enjoy plenty. And so that's what this program is all about, meaning lift off your finances overall and then this specific program on recession-proof money tips. And so if you're just not joining me, my name is Tamara Hill, creator of Lift Off Your Finances, and we're talking about recession-proof money tips. And the way to do this is really based on a system that, that's commonly referred to as microhabits. We'll talk about that more in a moment, but I just want to make sure you all know how to contact me if you have questions or really if you have more money savings tips. I'm always so impressed when I go into these community functions and talk to you, when you call me and write me and you share your thoughts. And so there's some things that I'm covering what I know, but there's so many more things. This is not the full spectrum of how you can recession-proof your money. And again, Lift Off Your Finances is not focused on investment strategies. These are strategies for everyday life that you can learn. And then as you start doing these things, these micro habits, they become just part of your lifestyle, which is why when my father first asked me, what are you doing to talk about recession-proofing your money, I didn't have an immediate answer because these habits are so ingrained in me that when I saw the gas prices going up, when I saw grocery prices being elevated during the pandemic and not coming back down, I just kind of automatically kicked into gear, not even making a big announcement to myself or anyone. And so I'm thrilled to be able to share some of these tips with you. Many of them you may be doing, others you may not. And if you missed this, I'd like you to go to my website, myliftoff.net, where you can look up more information about this and you can get some more tips. And like I mentioned, you can email me, Tamara at myliftoff.net. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at myliftoff.net, or you can call me, 720-792-LIFE, L-I-F-E, or if you're looking at that numerically, that's 720-792-5433. So with that said, let's dive into our tips. So when we first started, we talked about the fact that recessions aren't new, and in the Bible, they refer to these types of recessions, these economic recessions as famines, because again, they were planting and harvesting, and of course, in a famine, there was lack of rain, lack of food, lack of resources, and overall stress. Similar to what many people fear today as we look at the news and hear we're coming into a recession. It can cause fears, especially if you have lived through some significant recessions. It's hard. I've mentioned this before. I have a grandmother who's 94. She'll be 95 in September, God willing, who lived through the Great Depression. 
Well, for her, the term recession means something altogether different than someone who was just born, you know, 20 years ago because they went through such severe famine, such severe recession, the Great Depression. So I, I take that into account. But you know what? She's still here. God has preserved her. She's in good health. She's able to live on her own. You know, my, my uncle is an attendant for her, but essentially she lives on her own, in her own home. So God made a way for her, and he'll make a way for us, just like he's done since the beginning of time. The other thing I want you to keep in mind with any type of a recession or, oh my gosh, you know, there's going to be some type of financial disaster. Remember that you are a child of God. That means that you have confessed Christ as Savior, and when you do that, you're under a collective blessing that he's put on you to take care of you, to never leave you nor forsake you. One of my favorite scriptures is in the Old Testament and Psalms where David, King David said, I was young, but now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. You know what? That's a promise you can hold on to. And when you have a promise, we can always look around us and see an exception to that promise. But we want to be people of faith. We want to look to the promise itself. You know, we're not trying to be an exception to the promise. We're trying to be holders of the promise. Amen. So these are the kinds of things that you want to think about. Think about relatives like the ones I just mentioned who survived much more than we are going through. I told you before, I have another living grandmother who's 84 who is a polio survivor, was paralyzed from the neck down for six years, six years from ages 20 to 26. And she's up today and walking and living and testifying about God's goodness. So look to the people in your life and look to yourself. If you're listening to me right now, you can say, I survived the, the pandemic. I'm still here. I'm still here to talk about it. So you too have a story. We have to look at these stories of strength and testimonies, look to the word of God and know that we can make it, that we'll move forward. And really what we're talking about here are things that I kind of categorize as liftoff mindsets. The liftoff mindset is one anchored in hope, anchored in the word of God, anchored in optimism and expectancy of something good. That's a good way to live, especially now when so much is happening that's contrary to that. Okay? So we want to do that. We want to keep those overall thoughts in mind. Recessions are not new. And that because you're a person of God, you're a person of favor. You're a person of provision, and God will make a way for you. Now, if you're new to this and you say, well, I don't have this type of relationship with God, at the end of this program, I'm going to invite you to do that. It's very simple and just a life-changing step. But I want you to know, when I say these things, it's not at the exclusion of everyone else, meaning that, oh, if someone's not believing in God, they're not going to have any help during the recession. That's not true, because God is so gracious. His mercy endures forever. The Bible tells us that, and we know that. And we see examples throughout the Bible where, because people were present, there was favor in that region, and so we see this in the Old Testament when we hear about Sodom and Gomorrah. A lot of people focus on the disaster that happened with that. But if you read that story closely, God said that if there were a certain number of believers, people who trusted him in that region, he would not have destroyed it, even though all kinds of things were happening. 
And if you look at where we live today and the world we live in, I really believe that principle is still at work. So literally, are we still here because there's some believers in our communities? Is this nation still standing because there's believers in this country? I, I believe so. And I think about this very personally. I think about this with my job and anywhere where I'm involved. I believe, Tamara, you're making a difference. You love God, and where you go, God is with you. You bring him with you because he's in you. And so, I'm, again, I'm not saying this at the exclusion of anyone else, because if you're praying, if you're trusting God, everyone around you benefits. Your hope is infectious and infects our communities. You know, beforehand we talked about the great resignation on this show with people resigning. And, and like I said, that's concerning because we all are connected. So if you quit your job, it impacts me in some kind of way. But if I have faith and stay with it and keep moving forward, keep being involved in my community, keep going to my church, keep giving, it's all connected in terms of what that church and those resources are giving in terms of missions, efforts, community efforts. If I'm working diligently at my job, I'm helping that industry, which is ultimately helping the community. So keep that in mind. Everything I'm saying, when I say God's people, that is a very special place to be. But everyone, whether we realize it or not, everyone benefits from believers being in their communities and in this world. Amen? I hope you can agree with that. So let's get back to our topic. We've talked about kind of the, the wisdom, that biblical wisdom. Now let's get into those practical tips. So at the top, I talked about this in terms of micro habits and that what we're talking about today are basically micro habits that can help recession proof your money. So what is a micro habit? I did a quick study on this and a micro habit is defined as a small actionable step that you can take every single day to achieve big results. And in this case, we're trying to achieve successful financial management. And that's important because you're probably managing your finances okay right now. But if you keep hearing all this gloom and doom about a recession, it may make you feel a little nervous, like, oh, my goodness, what if I did lose my job? What if the housing market crashes? And, you know, right there we can stop with the Word of God, which says don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, but it also says to be diligent. Remember we talked about that from Proverbs 21.5 at the top, that the diligent will prosper. Um, that's another paraphrase of that scripture. The other thing is, as we talk about micro habits, I want you to think about it in terms of the ultimate budget. We've talked about that on this program, and I've also shared it on my website and my television program, Lift Off Your Finances, and also in podcasts. So if you need to know what is the ultimate budget, in quick summary, that means it's a framework for your budget to give, live, save, and play. If you want to know more about that, please check out my website, myliftoff.net, and you can see lots of information about the ultimate budget. But keep that framework in mind. So you're, you're building these micro habits, and these micro habits are going to, going to influence those four categories. The give category, which again is what you're giving, you know, through your tithes and offerings. Your living category, this is basically your living expenses, including housing, transportation, groceries, um, student loans, whatever financial commitments you have to live, save, why we need to save more than ever, and then play. This is your recreational money that you have fun with, whether that's going out for dinner, going to the movies, going shopping, whatever that is for you. 
So micro habits and the ultimate budget, you want to keep these things in mind. And so why micro habits? I focus on micro habits because they are easy, they're sustainable, and they can be really automated. As you keep doing them, they become a habit, right? And so habits are so easy to form. Sometimes we form habits, we don't even know why we formed them. You know, you may say, after work today, I'm going to have a piece of cake. You know, I just want to enjoy a slice of cake. You're thinking one time, but you're... Your inside, I say your central processing unit, the essence of you is saying, hey, we're going to have cake every day. And you're like, I just want a cake one time. Why am I now craving cake every day? <laughs> so we want to think about our micro habits because they do become automated. The next thing about micro habits, why micro habits, is because they require little startup time and little maintenance. So again, you don't have to do a whole lifestyle change to do these habits, but you can adopt them, and again, they're easy to maintain. So let's get into this um, overall, some micro habits. So some of these will be familiar, but I want you to think about micro habits really are part of your overall financial ecosystem. What do I mean by that? I mean that basically if you save money, on a shopping trip, that's going to help your financial ecosystem. It's going to affect you in another way. If you're saving time on how you organize your trips, you're saving gas money, but you're also saving money overall with your budget. So all of this works together, and I'll reiterate that at the end. So here we go. Let's jump into those practical tips. So first of all, before you do any type of shopping, whether it's for groceries, you know, supplies, whatever it is, Make a list. Make a list. That's a classic one. But the second part of that is to go shop inside your house first. In other words, if you say, I need more chicken broth, before you just go buy chicken broth, look in your pantry and see if you have some. Look in your refrigerator to see do you have enough in your container that you don't have to buy a whole new one, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Shop first. If you say, we're going to make spaghetti tonight, before you just rush to the store and buy a box of spaghetti and sauce, look in your cabinet. Do you have those ingredients there? Or do you have tomatoes, canned tomatoes and other things where you can make your own spaghetti sauce that night? Saving a trip to the store and also saving money. Another thing is, in this day and age with online efforts, I mean, you don't even have to get on the computer. You can just pull out your phone. It's very, very easy to comparison shop. And if you live in a major city, there's so many stores and competitors right around you. I know within probably a two-mile radius of my house, there's three major grocery stores, a Target, a Walgreens. So several options where in just literally you know, less than a minute, I can Google, okay, I need to buy some ketchup. Who has it for the best price? And then I can plan my trips accordingly. The other thing is I would encourage you, if you shop at a certain stores, to download their mobile apps. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you go to the store, a lot of times there's two prices on items. There's the shelf price, but then there's a secondary price that talks about if you use our app, you can get this much off. Or if you buy multiple items, it'll be less. But that is most often tracked through that grocery store's mobile app. 
And I tried this recently. I, I shop at King Supers, which is the Kroger Corporation. I go there, Safeway, many stores. But there in particular, that's where I've noticed these digital coupons. And at first I thought, well, I don't know, you know how to use this app. So this is my next tip. If you don't know how to use the app, go to the front desk to customer service. They are there for more than taking complaints and returns. <laughs> they also are going to help you with their different campaigns. And so you definitely want to talk to them. And it took a few minutes because the first two people there, they weren't too familiar with it. But they put me in contact with the right person. And sure enough, we were able to set me up on this app. The other thing is that a lot of times stores have those discount cards, like I know the Kroger Corporation and Safeway, they have these cards that you could swipe to get your discount. Well, when you have their app, it can be more integrated. So they can take that card number that you've been using and integrate it into the mobile app, and then all you have to do is you can use the card that you've always used, or you can scan a barcode from the mobile app. And again, how has this worked for me practically? Well, they had Doritos on sale. Now, I know I don't need to be eating Doritos, but I did buy some <laughs> Doritos. And on the shelf, they were $5 a bag, which that alone almost made me pass out. But when I did scan that barcode, they advertised if you did it through the app, they had a digital coupon, which is another tip. And so that same bag of chips in the same store I checked out in person was only $2.79 versus $4.99. And that was easy. But all I had to do was set up the app. And again, if you're a person who's not familiar with this, the people at the front desk can help you. So at the front desk of the store. So there you go. That's how it works. Um, today, actually before I came here to record this uh, show, I went to Natural Grocers, which is literally walking distance from my house. And the person there, um, her name is Cherry, she would always say, have you downloaded their app? Have you signed up for our program? And I was like, no. Well, I finally did because she kept saying, you need to, you need to. So I did. Well, to my surprise with my first purchase, my item was discounted almost by half. I automatically got $2 off for using it the first time. And then the person checking me out today said that you're eligible for avocados, which are 99 cents every day. Avocados are so popular now, but they they don't always cost 99 cents. But just knowing that and Eggs are $1.99 being a member of this program. So every store has some type of incentive. And so you don't want to leave that money on the table because you're already working on it. Excuse me, you're already shopping there. The other thing is when you're doing this, this is often last, uh, those rewards programs are also often linked to gasoline programs, which will be the next thing that we talk about in a moment. So, for example, when you spend so much, you receive so many discount points. And I love it because a lot of these programs, like the Kroger Corporation, they do have their own gas stations. But the other thing is sometimes they have partnerships with other companies. I enjoy using Shell gasoline, and so when you shop at uh, Kroger, the points that they, they give you, you can use them at their stations, or you can also use them at a Shell station. The Shell Station also has their own program. So just pay attention to where you shop, what you're doing, and look at what incentives they offer because they realize that we're in a time of competition and that people are looking for savings and discounts. And it may take a few minutes initially just to get set up. But like I said, if you're not comfortable doing that on your own, someone at that store can help you. 
So let's transition. Um, oh, actually, one more thing before we transition. When you're shopping at your favorite retailers, whether it's a grocery store or a pharmacy like Walgreens um, or CVS, like I mentioned, consider using non-preferred items. Now, in the past, I may have said, oh, I don't want to use uh, this type of paper towel. I like this type. Well, you know what? Do you remember early on in the pandemic, we didn't have these choices, right? So we had to do something different. So I want to encourage you that if we were able to survive the pandemic using any type of toilet paper that we could find, <laughs> you know what? We can do that now. And I know that during that time, I bought some dishwasher um, tablets that I like that were not my preferred brand, but that's all that was available. And you know what? They worked. So I still have a lot of those items under my kitchen sink. And so this is what I mean by shopping in your pantry first. I'm now able to buy my preferred brand, but let's say that I only have a few dishes or the dishes are not really overly dirty. Maybe they were just drinking glasses or silverware that I rinsed off. I will reach and grab one of those non-preferred brands and put them in the dishwasher and they work fine. So that way I'm not wasting what I've already bought but I'm also not overspending on something new. So that's just an example of what I mean by really shopping at home, maximizing those discounts, and really moving forward to see what's gonna work best for you, okay? We're gonna start a little bit of our discussion about gas, but then we'll pick up part two of this um, next week. But when you use those gas programs, really look at them. I know that at the beginning of the summer when I was reading my receipt, which is usually where you'll see what your gas options are, there was an incentive that if you had bought a full tank before June 30th, you would get 50 cents off a gallon and then that discount would continue through September, meaning 50 cents off a gallon. Wow, nobody told me that. I didn't hear that on the radio or on TV. I saw it on my receipt. So with those gas programs, you really do want to look at, go online, look at your receipt, read the messaging at the pump and see what incentives are there and if there's a deadline. And so I'm so excited to share much more with you about gasoline tips because I think that may be something that we're all seeing a big increase for. I know out here in beautiful Denver, Colorado, where I live, the gas right now for premium is $5.56 a gallon. Yikes, I never thought I'd see the day. So with that said, just keep that in mind. I look forward to continuing this discussion with you. So for right now, I do want to pray. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with this time together. And thank you, Lord, for helping us to remain encouraged that we don't have to be afraid of any type of recession or anything of that nature because you're faithful. You've shown us that throughout your word. You've shown us that throughout our families. And you've shown us that in our own lives. So, Lord, I pray that you will just eliminate fear and help inspire a spirit of trust in you because you will never leave us nor forsake us. Well, that's it for this episode of Lift Off Your Finances. I look forward to talking to you next week about more recession-proof money tips. Thank you again. God bless you. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Goodbye. With this heart, my path aligns.